0: What's up, y'all, and welcome into the Jack Vita Show. I'm your host, Jack Vita, uh, here for Fastball on Fan Nation Sports Illustrated with some more MLB offseason content. Last week, I spoke with Ryan Dole, who pitched for the Oakland A's, and he's trying to work his way back to the show. Uh, We've got a guy today who is hopefully going to be making his big league debut next season, for the Houston Astros. Uh, so I'm going to welcome him in. He's got one of the best mustaches in all of baseball. And his wife, once upon a time, was on a, a number of reality shows. We spoke with his wife, Jessica, uh, last summer. It was a great episode. It was very A lot of people really liked it. We talked some faith. We talked some sports. We talked about our time on the show. So we are welcoming in the husband of Jessica France. It's JP France. Hey, what's going on, Jack? <laughs> Has anyone ever introduced that's a, you before? Yeah, that, was,
1: that was a good intro, man. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Has anyone ever introduced you before as as her husband in that way?
1: <laughs> um, no, but her, her mom will always mess around with me if we go in public and she gets recognized. Um, <laughs> she would always mess around with me. How does it? How does it feel that like she gets recognized and you don't in public? I said, hey, that's. not Go, go for it. And I said, that's, that's I got to deal with first off. Yeah. So, but no, yeah, her mom always messes with me about it.
0: How often does that happen?
1: It, it happens more at like restaurants than I've, anything that I've noticed. Well, um I'm trying to remember where we were eating the last time we were at uh, Cheddar's and we were, it was me, her, her mom, her dad. And the waitress was looking at her and says, "You familiar. And she said, "Oh yeah, I just have one of those faces." And I'm sitting behind, <laughs> I'm sitting behind her, looking at the waitress, smiling like, "Yeah, she." And um, I think her dad brought up, "Yeah, she was on MTV, The Challenge, and the Real World, and all that." She goes, "The waitress goes, I knew it." And then you can kind of hear her run off, going back to the kitchen. Said, "Jessica McCam, I'm serving Jessica McCann in the in the kitchen." <laughs> yeah i've noticed it a good bit like it happened at like the cheesecake in louisiana a couple years ago a lot of times it's at restaurants i've noticed
0: yeah is there a particular so i know you guys spent some time in louisiana some time in north carolina is there a particular and then texas of course too is there a particular location where you think it happens more frequently or is it just kind of the same in any location
1: i think it's kind of the same because it's it's, it's It's random. I mean, I've had a couple of buddies, um, like one of the guys last year that if anybody's Astros fan knows Jake, they've heard of Jake Myers. Um, Yeah. When me me and Jake played together in Fayetteville in 2019, um, he didn't really know who Jess was because that's when we first started dating. Uh, and I want to say 2021 ish. Um, he asked me a question. He goes, "Hey man, was your was your wife on TV?" He said, he, "She just looks familiar." I was like, "Yeah, she was on the the Real World, The Challenge, and all that." He goes, "I knew I recognized her." And um, <laughs> yeah, it's just funny the the some of the guys that I know or that they they. they you wouldn't expect them to watch The Challenge of the Real World until they came out and said they watched The Challenge of the Real World. <laughs> but it's it's funny. It's it's just random, man. We won't even be thinking about it. And then somebody will walk up to Jess and be like, you look familiar. <laughs> and then, of course, she tries to play, lay it low, like, oh, I guess I just one of those faces. And then obviously they're like, no, it's not that. You, I've seen you somewhere. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's great. Yeah, so, so they have. They really have to work. Is, yeah, they really have to funny. work to get her to acknowledge it. They they gotta like say, "No, right. I've seen you on this," <laughs> right.
1: but you haven't and watched I'll it kinda, yet. Nah, you haven't watched her well, shows yet, dude. I haven't watched her shows. Anybody that knows me knows I can't stand like drama stuff. If even in. <laughs> Just right for me. If, if drama turns up, I'm walking away. I just, I, I can't deal with it. So the fact that I would be watching my wife deal with drama, it would do nothing but just tick me off and want me to turn it off. So I'm just going to avoid the whole situation. It's <laughs> just not watch it. <laughs>
0: yeah you know that is an interesting thing i was thinking about when i was thinking about how i was going to be talking with you i was going to ask you and i know she had said that you hadn't watched it and that that makes a lot of sense of like because with jess she's great she's great on the show like one of the seasons she does really well some of the other seasons not as well but on like a, a couple of the shows she was on she had someone being very mean to her and like that would be really hard to watch if that's your
1: wife. hmm Right. Yeah. And like I said, it, all my buddies know me. They I hate drama. I can't stand drama. If if two teammates got some stuff going on, I'm just I'm leaving <laughs> the room. I don't want to deal with it. That's just me. <laughs> so <laughs> to, to add that factor into it, yeah, it just it wouldn't be a good mix.
0: <laughs> so obviously not your genre of television, but I know that you're big into, you like to be outdoors, you like to hunt, you like to fish. Have you ever gotten into any of those kind of TV shows? Like I know uh there's some more of those that are more like survival-ish. Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, I've, I, I love watching uh, The Naked and Afraid. Those are some yeah. good shows because it's, it's kind of hard to, to fake that. Um now would I be able to go on there and do Probably not <laughs> um, but I mean you, you don't know don't know, but I mean the whole well i've I've been outside clothed with food and water in Louisiana when it's 80 degrees. let's just let's go colder, say it's sixty degrees and there's still. Mosquitoes covering you with clothes on. I can only imagine (laughs) not not having it on with that.
0: Yeah, that was it's funny. I, (laughs)
1: yeah,
0: it's tough. I, um, (laughs) I I wouldn't want to expose myself either.
1: (laughs) No, yeah, that's what I'm saying. There's millions of people watching you. I'm not going naked on national TV, it's not happening.
0: i asked brian urlacher if he had to go on a reality show what would he go on he said swim t- swim
1: trunks and afraid swim tree yeah. <laughs> yeah you're right <laughs> yeah i mean the, the really only like shows i would probably do if i had a choice i would would probably be into more like the hunting shows on like say an outdoor channel or a sportsman's channel or something like that um now I, I would just obviously have to find somebody to do the the filming, the editing, because I've I try to do all that stuff on social media and it's not great. <laughs> so <laughs> I'd to find somebody to be able to do that. <clears throat>
0: so explain hunting to me, because I'm a kid who grew up in. I mean, I'm I'm older than you. I'm, I'm 28. I think you're 27, right? Hmm. Yeah. So okay, we're around the same age, but I'm a kid who grew up in Chicago. There's not a lot of hunting going on here. Big animal lover, but I'm not someone who's against hunting. It's just, to me, it wouldn't be very appealing, partly because I'd never grew up doing it. So what Mm -hmm. explain why hunting is something that you really enjoy. I think this this would be, a lot of people probably learn something from this, in all honesty. Yeah, I
1: mean, a big part, uh, obviously being from, being from the south louisiana um hanging around about a bunch of friends in mississippi north carolina consider that the south um a bunch of friends in texas it's just it's a it's a big culture thing so i've always just grown up doing it but it wasn't anything that's ever been forced onto me um but yeah it's just i've, I've always grown up duck hunting uh now probably the past five six years seven years i've been big into bow hunting um and it just happens to work out that it's for our off season. It's um, October to January. Whereas if you're more of like football guys, they wouldn't be able to hunt so much because I, their season's still going on right now. Um, but another part of that is this: it's for me to be able to take a break from from baseball to kind of clear my head, get my mental my mental state back to neutral if you want to like that um just being in a tree whether it's a morning or an evening hunt just being 15 20 feet up in a tree either watching the sun come up watch the sun go down just watching mother nature kind of do its own thing um it's peaceful it's if you've never experienced it yeah you can say you've seen a sunrise but if you've never experienced the quietness in the woods and then watching and hear those woods like come to life it's 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 relaxation
0: so bow hunting that's deer right primarily deer
1: yeah i mean you can bow hunt anything you could really bow hunt like coyotes pig deer um turkeys you can hunt anything you want there's just, just as a matter of which seasons when so like the season in north carolina for deer for bow season is i think it's late september and it's ended january 2nd and then so now like right now um, i don't think any season's in so the the animals you would be able to hunt you could which is with anything but it, Since we're talking about bow hunting, um, it's more like predators, like coyotes or nuisance animals like pigs. And then once spring rolls around, then it's turkey season and it just keeps circling back around.
0: How often are you cooking what you're hunting? You have some Um, really good food? yeah.
1: Me cooking it, no. But anybody <laughs> who's been on, I'm, I'm assuming y'all talked about just being a chef on the show. Um, did, did, not did not into too much, up? not
0: no. in uh, not into too much detail. Not into too much detail. I okay. know she, so, yeah, I know she did a little bit of that, yeah. So she'll cook. Yeah, it. Yeah, so
1: she she was a three star Michelin line. Uh, i'm going to use the wrong term either line cook or chef or she wants to call it i'm not i don't know the terms (laughs) um but basically she was a a chef number one restaurant in the world in manhattan before we even met um so there's that and then when we met she was actually in aspen at i would say it was 7908 is what that restaurant was called um so when it comes to the cooking part of it, I'll do the killing part, she'll I'll do the cleaning part, she'll do the cooking part.
0: <laughs> and then the, and then it's probably amazing. The food's really good.
1: Oh, it's yeah, it's unreal. She made some backstrap like a while ago that it was it was unbelievable. She oh. garnished it in some kind of like apricot jam stuff with some oh my gosh. cream cheese stuffed in the middle, wrapped in baked. Yeah, it was unreal. <laughs>
0: Oh my gosh, that sounds great. So I need to come visit you guys and uh, just come by after you come back with the food. She prepares it, and th- that sounds amazing to me.
1: <laughs> it was actually cool. So the, the deer that I shot um, this year, we, it was, we actually cooked some of that backstrap up for a th- Thanksgiving, and she had some family over um from california they've never had deer before so it was kind of cool for her to cook yeah
0: i've never had it in my Um, life never
1: it's certain parts of it taste a little more gamey than others but when it comes like the back straps or the tenderloins that's more of like super tender it's it, it it really tastes just like you're eating a steak um just way way more lean and Way more juicy, um, but to have her her family from North, North Carolina from California try it for the first time and be like, "Man, this is really good." It, it was a cool to kind of. I won't necessarily say I got them into the outdoors, but it, it's a step <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to kind of understand, like, "Hey, yes." Oh, poor dear. That's kind of how people look at it, but at the same time. You explain to them, like, okay, this deer was shot here. This deer was eating this. It, like, like, you know everything that went into that meat that you just ate as opposed to some other stuff that we made yeah. that you have no idea.
0: Yeah, I know Joe Rogan loves his elk meat. He's always talking about it.
1: Uh, that's that's a bucket list for me is the kill elk with a bone I've heard. It's besides, I think, besides axis deer meat. I heard it's one of the best. Hmm.
0: I got to try. I've never had deer meat. So when you play uh, or sorry, not when you play, but when you hunt, you got to stay pretty quiet, right? Like you're if you go out there with a buddy, I guess I don't know how often you're going by yourself versus going with others, but you can't be talking a whole lot because then the animals are not going to come
1: out, right? right you gotta basically like i was saying when when you're in that when you ever see the sun go down in a stand or see the sun come up the only thing that really makes noise in the woods are going to be birds and squirrels running around on the ground so when you you gotta i mean you gotta blend in as best you can and usually if i do go hunting with buddies it's usually i'm still hunting by myself so a buddy will go he'll be a couple hundred yards away in another tree and i'll be couple hundred yards over here in another tree so where we don't mess each other's hunts up now if you're if now that's bow hunt because bow hunting you gotta if you're whitetail hunting you gotta get that deer within 20 30 maybe 40 yards to be able to get him um whereas if you're rifle hunting now you can kind of box stand you got a heater going you can bring some snacks and it's a little more relaxing. Maybe you could sit next to each other and kind of whisper back and forth and chit-chat. Um, because if that two, three hundred yards away, he'll never know you're there. And with a rifle two, three hundred yard that's nothing.
0: And then fishing, you can just kind of, you can chat it up as much as you want. Tell stories, sit around the yep, boat, have a good and time. And
1: really, really the same thing with duck hunting, man. Duck hunting, I've, I know buddies that'll there while they're duck hunting you can chit chat they do nothing as soon as the ducks start flying around you want to kind of try to keep your movement to a minimum but i know buddies that will go out there duck hunting they'll bring propane stokes, some eggs bacon in the blind and stuff while they're hunting so it, it all depends on what type of hunt you 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 do um joe rogan with elk hunting he's he's probably so what they'll do is they'll pack on miles and miles and miles during the day to try to to find these elk <clears throat> and then at night they'll basically have a base camp where they'll have a propane stove and they can cook whatever um or basically or have a tent out of a truck doing something and then basically make it that week-long trip in the mountains whereas white tail you're in the woods for on average probably four or five hours and then you just go back home um it all depends on what t- style hunting it is
0: very cool, yeah, again, like I'm learning a lot from listening to you because we come from <laughs> different parts of the country. You're from the deep south, and I'm from the high school that Mean Girls was based off of. oh, were you? I was yes, and I bring yeah, that up because
1: I love that movie,
0: yeah, Jess told me that's your favorite movie. Is that correct?
1: Uh, I don't know I don't know about favorite now, but it's <laughs> it's up there. I can. It's okay. Can you can admit main it. Main it's main one of my guys. favorites. <laughs> I can watch the main Girls.
0: <laughs> so that that uh, high school, North Shore High School, is mm-hmm. based off of the high school I went to, New Trier, <coughs> which is on the North Shore of Chicago. And there are a lot of references within that movie. Like, they talk about Old Orchard Shopping Mall. That's a shopping mall, like, five, ten minutes from my house. And Walker Brothers okay. Pancake House. Yeah, that's a, that They've got several of those around this area, but yeah, inspired by okay. my high school. It's very much like, it was very much like Mean Girls.
1: <laughs> no, I, I got one for you too. So 21 Jump Street was filmed at my rival high school. Really? 20, the movie or the show? Jump Street. What's
0: that? Oh, the movie, right? Not the show?
1: Yeah, 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 with Channing Tatum and Jonah Hill. Yeah. And then 22 Jump Street was filmed at Tulane when I was there. Wow. That's interesting. (laughs)
0: That's like, that's really interesting that they shot in Louisiana. I feel like they don't shoot a whole lot of movies down there, do they?
1: Uh, They shoot a good bit. Um, Hmm. Like, I don't know how, it's like Contraband with Mark Wahlberg. That was Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. there's a movie about uh, I think like a child abduction or something with Holly Berry that's in Louisiana. Um a new Russell Crow- uh what His name Russell Russell. Who's the guy that plays Gladiator?
0: I think it's Russell Crowe.
1: Russell Crowe? Yeah, he just I came could out be wrong. I think, I think a couple years ago so. that was filmed down there in Louisiana. I think Russell Crowe. But no, there's a good bit of movies down in Louisiana.
0: That's interesting. Yeah, so tell me about tell me about Mean Girls. Like when was the first time you saw it? How many times have you seen it?
1: Dude, I I can't even tell you why I like the movie so much. I don't know. I just <laughs> it's one of those movies I can just turn on and watch. I I, I can't I don't know why I like it so much. <laughs>
0: Didn't Jess give you a cake for Mean Girls Day?
1: Yes, she did. <laughs> oh, what was it? What, what did it say on the cake? Oh. Well, it was probably
0: like... Mean Girls Day is October the, 3rd.
1: The, I was gonna say on October 3rd he told me what day it was. <laughs> yeah. I think that's what the cake said. <laughs> <laughs> I really hope you get yeah, to pitch on said, October 3rd this year. Yeah. I don't know why I like that movie. I don't know. I, I can't tell you. There's not one single reason why I can point out and be like, that's why I like it. I think it's just <laughs> one of those movies where it's kind of like another, another movie that I really like is Wedding Crashers. I can oh, yeah. quote it. I, but there's no like real point that I could say. This is why I like the movie. It's just, <laughs> it's just <a> goofy.
0: <laughs> I watched that movie. I had a flight to Phoenix. Uh, it was a, two months ago now. It was back in November, but I watched that movie on my flight, and uh, it's a it's a classic. I hadn't seen it in a little while. There's a hunting scene in that movie too.
1: Oh, don't even get me started. <laughs> 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 yeah, me and my buddy. We quote, we quote wedding crashes all the time in a dub. Wedding crasher, Adam Sandler movies.
0: <laughs> which which buddy is that? Who you guys? Who you guys? Which of your guys are you making those movie quotes with?
1: Me and uh Sean Dubin. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, Adam yeah, yeah, Sandler movies. Quest, um, he uh Duby stood in my wedding, and yeah, we'll just sit there. And it's very rarely do can we have a conversation and not throw a movie quote in there while we're mid conversation <laughs>
0: <laughs> You spend so much time sitting around in a dugout uh throughout the summer throughout spring, like what do you guys talk about when you're like sitting on the in the in the dugout when you're not pitching what what are the conversations like?
1: Dude, it's honestly just a whole lot of nothing. I mean, I don't even (laughs) – It's Like I said, we'll just be sitting there and me and and Dubin will be sitting next to each other and something will come up. Somebody will say something and that will just prompt a movie quote. And there's just – it's a whole lot of nothing, man. Um, (laughs) Jess has asked me the same thing. She's like, what do you all talk about in the dugout? Or or, what did you all talk about in the dugout today? And I'm like I I don't know, it's just <laughs> it's just mindless talking I guess to get you through <laughs> those nine innings. We'll play uh, we'll play some like word games. Um, like if I'm thinking of an object or some password, and you got to basically ask a question um to get a hint about the password, and it's yeah just stuff to pass time. <laughs>
0: Okay, so very analytical baseball stuff here in these dugouts.
1: Uh, Yeah, yeah, (laughs) yeah. Every now and then, every now and then, um, like you can kind of tell when somebody's day to pitch is getting a little closer because they'll stop joking as much and they'll start to lock it in a little bit. Okay, this this guy does this when he's hitting, this guy does this, he doesn't like that. But, and then they after. They pitch, it's – your brain just goes into relaxation mode and it's just, like, numb because it was just exhausted from yesterday.
0: <laughs> That's actually – I'm interested because I know that you have pitched as a starter and as a reliever, and maybe there's more of a path for you in the big leagues as a reliever. Maybe there's path as a starter potentially. But um, when you're starting, I'm curious – Obviously, not every outing is going to be, you know, six innings, one run, six strikeouts. You know, sometimes those outings aren't great. How do you mentally turn the page after a bad outing?
1: So I didn't really learn how to do this until after 2019. Um, But basically, I'll get into a little more detail, but in short, I just tell myself in my head just like hey screw it it's it's over um but the long answer would be okay you're you say you have a bad and you're frustrated the rest of that outing i'll be frustrated for a good probably two three innings and then i'll kind of just forget about it and then hey it's it's in the past you can't do anything with it um Next day, go watch video, go see the locations where go see where I missed my spot, look at all the the information on how my pitches were moving. Okay, this one was moving like this. It should have been here. So you're doing all, you're taking in all this info from what you did on your outing the day before. And then once you do that, you're like, okay, I need to do this, 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 this and this this week. And then for me, it's hard to focus on those two, three, four things at once. So I'll pick, okay, I need this thing right here. Say my slider wasn't as big as it usually is. It was a little shorter and it was just spinning. So now, okay, this was the worst thing I did this outing. So I need to fix this because if I fix this, it'll it'll make the outing that much better as opposed to fixing BCD, let's fix A. Um so then once I get once I figure out what I need to do there, then that's when the bullpen comes into play. So say my fastball was working, change up was working, curveball was working, the slider was short. So then I'll go to my bullpen. Okay, I know my fastball was good. I don't need to really work on any kind of location. My changeup was good. I'll throw maybe one or two of those to keep the feel. And then for the bullpen, it would be slider, 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 slider to try to figure out, okay, my hand was here, it felt like it was over there. So, again, that was kind of the long answer to that. And then once you feel what you need to feel in that bullpen, take it to the mound, see if it worked. If it did work, okay, now what else do I need to prove on for the next outing? And then it's just just keep it rolling.
0: So your fastball, slider, curveball changeup, your four-pitch guy? And cutter. Cutter, five-pitch. Wow, yeah. that's – You know, what's interesting is it seems like there are less guys who are throwing more pitches than there used to be. Like, I remember growing up, it felt like every starting pitcher was a four- or five-pitch guy, and now you're seeing a lot of two-pitch, three-pitch, maybe four-pitch. Am I right or wrong Mm -hmm. with that?
1: Um... I know a lot of guys with three or four pitches. Um and then I knew one guy who had six. Um, but it's it's also when you start getting the relievers, yeah, relievers are gonna have yeah, two to three pitches, which may be why you're seeing guys with more than with less, less pitches because Starters now, really, unless you got your freaks, like your your Verlander guy, he did give you a good six, seven innings every time. Your Fran has six, seven innings every time. He'd, those guys, it's – but for the most part, your starters are going four or five innings now, so now you're seeing more relievers, which in turn means you see more guys throwing two, three pitches. So, I yeah, mean – may- and look, um, if, if I do end up becoming a relief guy, I don't necessarily want to say that my they would take those pitches away. It would just be, okay, use these pitches to a righty, use these pitches to a lefty. So now basically for a righty, I'm throwing three pitches or do a lefty, I'm throwing two pitches. Um, but as a starter, obviously my pitches the better. I can probably get through that – the lineup the first time would maybe say fastball slider, cutter, let's say a fastball, cutter, slider, and then now the next time through I can add the curve, and then the next time through I can add the changeup. Or it having more pitches as a starter can kinda give you that longevity through the game. Whereas when you're a lever, you might have to go one inning. So you can just throw the whole kitchen sink at the hitters and then you're done.
0: That makes sense. So I'm curious then how much analytics there is when it comes to pitching in the minor leagues. Like how much is there of you might be like, okay, I want to throw these five pitches and then being like, okay, you're going to face this guy tomorrow. He struggles with pitches off the plate. He, or he, he chases a lot of breaking balls off the plate. So we want you to throw those breaking balls off the plate versus you and your catcher, maybe having more of a game plan or you going to like when you're facing guys, how often is it specialized versus that batter to, okay, you know what? I want to work on my fastball today, or I'm going to typically come at a hitter with a fastball on the first pitch, then a breaking ball, then another fastball. What,
1: uh, you right. know what I'm asking? Um, yeah. Um, yeah, no, I, I get it. I get it. Um, you, what as a pitcher, you want to, yes, you do your scattering reports. Yes, you say, okay, hey, this guy struggles with fastballs up. This guy struggles with cutters. This guy struggles with heaters in. Yeah, you kind of pick those out. But at the end of the day, also, you need to be comfortable with what you're throwing. It's, it's better for a pitcher to throw with his strengths than it is to the hit weakness. Because even if your strengths match up with his strengths, history shows you're going to win that battle seven out of ten times. Yeah, so it's it's yeah. You need to focus on his weaknesses, and yeah, if he's say one of the scouting reports says he swings at, at sliders out of the zone sixty percent of the time. Yeah, you're going to throw that. That's that's a no-brainer. Um, but say it comes to the point where, okay, hey, this guy's super patient, but he chases cutters up and away more than he does sinkers down and in, or say they're both 20%. If you're a guy who throws a sinker and a cutter now, okay, you're getting the same result with both pitches. Which one are you more comfortable with now? Which, what's your strength?
0: Yeah. That makes sense. So something else I'm curious about is I, and I don't know how much this came into the minor leagues, but midway through 2021, they really started cracking down on checking pitchers for the sticky stuff. So is it awkward when you have an up <coughs> kind of wanting to, Hey, I want to, I want to check out like if there's anything behind your ears or on your hat, or if they're doing that on the field, is it, have you had to adjust to that in any way? With some of, I think they were, there was some stuff about you couldn't mix rosin with sunscreen, I think was one thing. Like, did you, mm-hmm. did you, have you felt an impact in that regard?
1: No, just because I've never pissed with anything. The only time I'll put rosin on, I'll put rosin on my throwing arm just to keep the sweat from trying to stop. Because I could walk from here to the mailbox and start sweating. I'm just a natural sweater. <laughs> so I and you're and you're in and texas to, too you're in texas in the middle yeah, of summer it's it's miserable and so i try to put a little bit on my arm i never put it on my hand because i know that could whatever if the umpire is having a bad day he could he could be a, a word that i'm not gonna say on the show um <laughs> yeah. um so, yeah, I just put it on my arm to try to keep the sweat from running down on my, my hand. But other than that, um, I've I've messed around with it, like, in throwing program in 2019 just to see what all the hype was about. But, I mean, I was throwing it straight into the ground. I just had no feel for it. Um, So I've never really had to worry about any of that. They come here, they say, all right, let's see your hands. You give them your hand, you flip it over take your hat off you do your belt thing all right you have a good day you too
0: um and that that doesn't bother yeah, you at all you're I've, just like fine whatever I'll do no,
1: that I've, no yeah I've never had a problem it, man um the biggest changes we had were this year I think in Tripoli and that was with the automatic strike zone and the pitch clock got shortened
0: how did the how do you feel the uh, automatic strike zone worked? Because I remember hearing it will. Di- yeah, go ahead.
1: Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead.
0: Oh, I just heard that in an earlier iteration. I think when they were trying it out in independent league, uh, maybe in 2019, something like that. I had heard that it wasn't working as like effectively with breaking balls versus fastballs.
1: So it was working. It was – it did what it had to do, um, but I will say, I me personally, I cannot see that making it up to the big leagues because, one, you're taking the, the catching position out of the game. Now all he yeah. has to do is worry about blocking a ball and throwing the ball to second base if the guy steals or third base or wherever. There's no more framing. There's no more artwork to catch it. Um, The second thing is, yeah, people can say, well, it's not a strike. But if you those, – those pitches that, the, that that pitcher has basically earned, if you want to say that, that, that quarter-inch, half-inch off the plate that he's getting called a strike, one is probably because of the catcher doing a great job. Um, but that's taking that out of the game, it's taking the umpire out of the game. Because um, we've had times where we've died a fastball away, or the off speed just looks like it's died away. And you can tell the umpire wanted to kind of like flinch up to bring the guy up, but he had to wait for that for it to say ball in his ear. Um, now, I will say, <clears throat> and this is coming from a pitcher standpoint, the hitters hated it. Um, one, I did think it made the hitters more patient because they knew if there was a pitch that was borderline, more than likely it was going to be a ball just the way the system was set up. Cause I think we had one game where both teams, we, I mean, we had a combined like 20 walks or something like that. And we were like, that doesn't happen in AAA. Um, it was just bad. Um, and that's not good that's not but, good entertainment
0: by the way like what in little league like i used to up little league at one point for third graders and they expand the strike zone so much because if kids are drawing walks one they're not practicing any hitting but two you're just
1: going to be there all day yeah and, and when it first started we were like y'all we were saying that, okay, y'all want to do all of this stuff, beat the game up, the pitch clock, the, the okay, we can only pick off twice the first base now, all this stuff. But then y'all are just slowing it back down with this automated strike zone because now we're walking more. and games are taking four hours. Um, But I will say that, yeah, there was a give and take from a pitcher standpoint <clears throat> when they first started it we actually got the strike zone calls at the top of the zone. Um, So it was like top of the knees and it was like just probably just under where a Jersey name would be. So the pitchers were getting those calls. That was the actual top of the strike zone that we weren't used to getting. So that was nice. But that quarter inch, half inch off the plate that you're used to getting, we weren't getting. And then they decided halfway into the season that they were going to shrink the zone. They shrunk it 4% from the top and 4% from the bottom. And we've even had some hitters that we, a pitcher threw one that was like belt high and it was called a ball. And as a pitcher, you're like, okay, where do I need to throw this thing? It was middle, middle, belt high, and it was a ball. So, I mean, I don't think that will ever make it up there. Um, I think the pitch clock, they shorten the pitch clock up. That could potentially get up there. My thoughts. Um, and then the whole pick Well, there is a – there will be there, a pitch so. clock.
0: There will be a pitch clock next year in Major League okay. Baseball, 12 seconds. Yeah, yeah. I
1: think it was – I think for us, it was 19 from the one – no – was it fourteen from the windup, nineteen from the stretch? I think. Um, the only problem with that is that if you were if you were a pitcher that was in a high pressure like situation, because it's uh, the pitch clock stopped. So if you were uh, when, uh, when did it stop? It, it used to stop when you got. So if you were from the stretch, right? It used to stop when you started coming set, right? Now it stops when your leg lifts to go to home plate. So if you have 19 seconds from the time the ball hits your mitt, you have, and say, you're in a high pressure situation. We're going worse to the worst right here. Say you got a guy on first and second ball game, right? Pitcher's gonna need needs some time. Say he just went 2-0 on a guy. So you got two balls, no strikes, guy on first and second. Let's say one out, bottom of the ninth, right? High pressure situation. This guy, the pitcher needs time to step off, to breathe, to settle everything down. Now you got 19 seconds to catch the ball, regather yourself, get on the rubber, guy on second so you're gonna get more than one sign so that's taking up time then you got to come set then you're gonna look back at the runner to hold him make sure he's not stealing and then go that's a lot to do in 19 seconds (laughs) yeah yeah i actually don't know if you're in a if you're I was just gonna say, if you're in the like yeah. the third inning, nothing, nothing, ball game from the windup or from the stretch, there's no pressure. Right. That's easy. You're getting the pitch yeah. off with four or five seconds left, but that extra four or five seconds is that time you need in a high pressure situation to kind of settle yourself down.
0: Yeah, I w- I don't know if these rules, or at least with the pitch clock, I don't know if that translates to the postseason too. Because some of these rules, like they have the the ghost runner rule, they call it, with the runner on second base in extra innings. They don't do that in playoff games. So I don't know. It would seem odd to me if they do the pitch clock in the postseason too, I would say. Like, it would make sense if it's just a regular season thing and But I mean, at the same time, like in terms of speeding up the game, um, you could also run less commercials. You could also, (laughs) uh, which lose money on. But I mean, when I'm at a game, I don't want to leave the game early. I'm not in a rush to leave. It's just that I think the thing is. I mean,
1: will no go ahead. Go ahead.
0: Oh, I just I think the one thing with it was is that you're getting more action. Like, the game's more action-packed. If you watch a game from the 80s, they play at a much faster pace. It's like, throw it back to the pitcher, boom. All right, now here he is. Pitch comes in. It's like a really nice, perfect sequence. And I think that's what they want to bring back. It's not necessarily just about time. Because to me, the time thing doesn't matter. I think it's just, like, getting more action-packed game.
1: Right, I mean, if you want to do that, go back to the '90s, with Gorilla Ball, or early 2000s. <laughs> right, <laughs> with the steroids and all that. Um, but yeah. <laughs> I will, I will say, with the with the pitch clock and everything, if you had a normal game, say they got to combine s- six walks. Okay, it did cut the game time down, but it was only by like fifteen minutes. It wasn't a lot. Right. Right. And yeah. the, the the people making this, or the people wanting a quicker game, the people who want more home runs, the people who are in the stands saying, "Come on, we're ready to go home," are probably the people who really don't care for baseball. they Are there for they're the, the target
0: audience? <laughs> yeah, <laughs>
1: right. But that's the people are listening to. And like it bugs me when people say, "Come on, hurry up! We want to go home." And well, the dugout, we're like, "Dude, you don't got to be here, man. You can leave." Yeah, <laughs> what are you doing here? <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I think I think they're trying to target the wrong audience. They're trying—I don't know.
0: Yeah, I, know. I do I think agree. that I do think there is something to be said about. Um, it will provide a more action-packed of, like, boom, let's go kind of thing, of, like, you're cutting out some of the filler stuff. Uh, and I think that's overall good. The idea of, like, it needing to be short, though, is not something that I think is is very Because you could say that with any sport, really.
1: Right. My thing is, is that with no pitch clock, everything that goes, yes, baseball doesn't have a time limit, but can go an in extra innings. But let's just say a typical basic nine inning game is like three hours and fifteen minutes. Let's put that on it. Yeah. Average football games, three hours. Average basketball game, I'm sure is three hours. Everything is gonna be three hours ish. Yeah. It's true. It's very true. So I was gonna say yeah, saying, continue. There's a reason why when you're on direct TV, they got a three hour block for, for <laughs> yeah. basketball, baseball, football. There's a reason they get that three hour block.
0: Yeah. It's true. It's true. So okay, so I, I I I see where your thoughts are on some of these things, and that's really interesting to hear from your perspective. I'm also curious, I know that last year you were doing some starting, and then towards the end of the year, you were pitching out of the bullpen. Uh, a lot more and you were pitching extremely well down the stretch of that season. Tell me a little bit about how you're able to like, were you working, were you going all of a sudden now you're going max effort on your fastball. Once you go to the bullpen where you're pacing yourself a little more as a starter.
1: Um, No. So the, the, whenever I got drafted in 2018, that was kind of their big thing. They told me like, Hey, when you start, don't treat it as you have to pace yourself. And this really hasn't kicked in until last year. Um, but don't pace yourself to try to get to those extra innings at the fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth inning. Throw everything you got, every single inning, and as far as you go, that's as far as you'll go. Um so no, I mean from the beginning of this season it was the same effort. Now I would give a little more Effort, if you will. If I knew I only had one inning, yeah, I could mentally tell myself, "Hey, let's blow it out, empty, empty the tank." Um, whereas with starters, you're not necessarily, for me at least, not. I'm not pacing myself, but at the same time, I know in my head, I, I got more to go. I got more to do than just one inning. Um, but, I mean, when I first swapped to the pin, um, they started with two innings just and they were going to gradually go, like, two innings, two innings, and then one in. Or was it one in, one innings, and then two innings, and then a back-to-back. I mean, But I would throw one in, get out of it clean, and I was, that's it? Have one in? Because <laughs> I was so Used to go in four, five, six, seven innings that but I was also using the same tent with all my pitches. So it's not like I went one end and left everything out there and was exhausted. I was still I still had the same effort. Um, from start, so I was just built up. So after that one end and I was done, I was like, Okay, uh, I can go four more innings if you needed to right now, I'm fine. But it, it was definitely a little different. Um, it was definitely more of, okay, I'm only going to see this guy once, so let me, if I'm throwing a slider, I'm, I know where I got to – I know he hasn't seen me before this game, so I might be able to get away with a mistake. Or if I do make a mistake, he could hurt me, and it's, it's even more exaggerated. Um, so it's just it's a bunch of – it's It's a different animal. I'll just say that.
0: So right now, you're on the active roster for the Houston Astros. You have not made your Major League debut. So basically, what are you doing right now? What What are you expecting in this next year?
1: I mean, it's – my big thing that I've had this year and then when I really started to take off was in last year um, was that just control what you can control, man. Um, if, it's, if it's out of your control, there's really no reason to worry about it. So, I mean, for me right now, I'm just getting ready to go into spring training. Um, what happens, happens. I can control my performances, but at the end of the day, I can't control what the front office does. So, I mean, I can only do what I can do. So if if I go out there and I think so for that's kind of like one big applaud like my agency, my agent gave me was that, dude, I know a lot of guys that are in your position right now. And all they're doing is or all that. Let me let me reword that it'd be super easy to be in my position and moan and woe is me about how I'm not getting what I deserve. And I told, I told my agent the same thing. I said, you can't control any of that. I can only control what I do on the mound. And he said, dude, that is a great mindset to have. He goes, there are so many guys that, would just be kind of complaining and going to the coaches and the, the front office and why is, why am I not getting this? And why am I not getting that? But then I told my agent, I said, what, what good is it going to do? What, what good is me saying? Why, why not me? What is that going to do? Cause I know <clears throat> from experience in college and now with, with minor league, the way you perform is going to speak a hell of a lot louder than what you say. Mm.
0: Trust God, too. God's put yeah, you in this position. Absolutely. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. So, again, it's I can only do what I can do if I I can't I can't go to the front office and be like, hey, I think I should do this, 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 and this. No, it don't work like that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, just control what you can control, man. And then let, let everything else take care of itself.
0: And, uh, I know that you're a man of faith, JP. I know that you're a Christian. I, I would love to know what role, uh, Christ plays in your life and how, why you're important. Your faith is so important to you.
1: And, <clears throat> doing. It. <laughs> Whenever I get talking about this, I get all shaky, mm. but it, it's, man, dude, it made me cry.
0: <laughs> it's all good. You wouldn't be the first France to cry on this podcast.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but it's all, it's all because of my wife, man. If, if I didn't have her, <coughs> I'd be lost. She, um, so we met in Fayetteville in 20, 2019. I was with the woodpeckers over here and, um, She was just like, hey, I I go to this church. Um, This is after we've been talking for a while. And uh, she goes, just come with me. She goes, you don't have to like it. You don't have to love it, whatever. Because I grew up in a Catholic church. Or I went to a Catholic school and all that my whole life. Um, And I told her, I was like, no. I said, I'm good. I said, I'm I'm done with all that. Um, Because I've had it all pushed on me, pushed on me, pushed me. My whole life, um, so that's I was like, "No, I'm good. I'm done. I'm, I'm done with all that. I'm, I'm fine. Trust me, I'm good." She's like, "No, just just come once." Um, and I don't remember what song they were playing, um, but I freaking lost it in the middle of church. <laughs> I was just, my God, I had it was tears just everywhere. Said, why 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 were you crying? I said, I don't know. I said I just lost it. Um and then from and then just after that it kind of just took off. Um we kept going to church. But like I said, um she's she's the reason my faith is basically back.
0: That's awesome, man. That's a it's an incredible story, uh, man. Sorry, didn't mean to get you crying.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, you get. <good. laughs>
0: That's so she she got you to church, and that church service was that the first time you had really heard the gospel, or you made a recommitment to serve Christ in that church service.
1: Yeah, and like I said, I don't know. It wasn't a song, it was so, the pastor at this church actually is the same pastor who married us in Mississippi mm. two years ago. And I don't know what he was saying. Hang on, dude, the cat's scratching at the door. <laughs> Come on. Um, yeah, I don't know what what he was talking about. It was something probably along the lines of struggling in your career or something along the lines like you're lost or something. And then, yeah, dude, I just, I lost it.
0: Just, and you just, just gave it up, <laughs> gave it up to God, right? Yep. You like let go yep. of all those things that you were w- worrying about and stressing about and, and, and humbled yourself before him and knew that you were in his hands
1: yeah absolutely so like we were talking i forgot who we were talking to um but now walkout song is by Cass. browns every every inning i go out there and draw a cross in the dirt
0: and how have you seen your life changed since then how has your life changed
1: uh, I mean <laughs> it's got nothing but uphill. I got a son on the way and on the phone man.
0: Son <laughs> coming very soon too. You ready to be a dad?
1: Yeah, yeah, I can't wait, man. <laughs> um well I don't even want to say nervous, but it's you just you don't know what you don't know <laughs> until you know it. <laughs> So absolutely all we can do is try, man. All we can do is try.
0: Do so you have a favorite Bible verse?
1: It's actually a hunting verse. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, yeah. This is 27, three, take your bow, take your quiver full arrows and go out in the woods and hunt game for them.
0: <laughs> That's great. Uh And what's the, what's the reference for that? what, uh, what verse is that? Sorry, Genesis twenty seven three. Ah, there we go. Very good. Okay, so yep. that's awesome. That's awesome. Thank you so much for sharing that. I I'm curious. Before we go, when did you decide I'm gonna be a mustache guy?
1: <laughs> um. So. 2019, when I met Jess, I had a beard, big, burly beard. I look back at it, pictures now, and I'm like, why in the world did you not tell me to shave that thing? It was <laughs> disgusting, it was gross. Were um, you like a Duck Dynasty-looking guy? It was, dude, it was bad. It was out there here, just <laughs> there. Um, then at the end of 2019, 2020, had just the, the goatee going, which is what I always had in college was a goatee. Had to tee all the twenty twenty one hit playoffs, and I'm like, ah, so let's put a let's do a mustache. Why not? <laughs> so the twenty twenty one playoffs, actually, no. Twenty, yeah, twenty twenty one playoffs. I had the mustache. <laughs> And then 2022 season, had it the whole time. And then, yep. So it was
0: just a playoff thing. Oh, and you kept it. You liked the look.
1: Yeah, Jess hates it, but I love it. People love
0: it. Well, you know what? The mustache (laughs) seems to be making some kind of a revival or renaissance for pitchers. Because Dylan Cease has one. Spencer Strider. Nestor Cortez. And then hopefully you'll be joining those uh, ranks next year in the big leagues. Right. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah, dude, I don't know what it was, but, you know, it's it's just, it's nice going out in public and like I was talking to somebody at the bow shop I work at work and it's never, it's never chicks that give you this compliment. It's always guys. They're like, that's my mustache. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I have to show you. I will text you and Jess this picture when we get done. I went to the 70s party when I was in college. This is when I was 20. This is like 2015. This is eight years ago. Okay. And I had been doing, I've been doing a goatee for a little while and then I shaved it and just went with a mustache. And I was like, it is, it is a legit mustache. I will send it to you. But that was exactly how it was. The guys who uh, lived on my floor, everyone's just like the guys were all like, "Oh my gosh, that's an awesome mustache! You look sick, (laughs) that's great." And then like my sister and my mom and like my female friends, no girlfriend, but you know everyone. I, I didn't have a girlfriend, but I mean everyone, every female that like was concerned about me and loves me in like a in a careful way like in terms of being caring they're like you need to shave that thing that looks horrible do not go with that mustache but the guys love it yeah. the guys are all like it's like i feel like it's like it's like men they all like want to do it but they they know that they're like so like my roommate at the time tony block hope you're listening to this he had a girlfriend at the time and he was always like that's the best mustache and so i feel like I was probably living out his fantasy. I think that's why the guys are yeah. like,
1: that's
0: a great mustache. I love it. I, I support it, but I'm not going to do it because for whatever reason, I can't do it right now.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, man, I get a – especially during season of fans, I get a ton of compliments on this thing. The fans <laughs> love it. <laughs> Like I said just Jess, the... Jess isn't a huge fan, but it is what it is. <laughs> uh
0: there isn't another Astros pitcher with the mustache, is there?
1: Stanek has the mustache and goatee. the only one yeah. I can maybe think of is Seth Martinez. That's the only other one I can think of. He he sometimes he'll have a mustache. Um well, your new teammate, think, now you say that.
0: Your new teammate Jose Abreu does something pretty interesting with his beard. He's got like he'll put in like a little like ponytail on his oh, chin. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> that was uh-huh. a great signing by that. the way. I, I think that is a, yeah. one of the best signings of the offseason. He's going to bring a lot to that team. I
1: didn't expect uh I guess he's taking Yuli's spot, right?
0: Yeah. Unless he comes back. Unless Uli yeah, comes back.
1: That.
0: Yeah. Which of these guys uh, on this current Astros team were guys that you played and spent good time with in the ma- in the minors? You mentioned, uh, is it Jake Myers? Is that his name?
1: Jake Myers. Um, yeah. Seth Martinez. Uh, Blake Taylor. Josh James was up for a little bit. Um, David Hensley. Who, uh, was he one? Yeah, me and Hens were the same draft class.
0: He hit very well in, like, the 20 games he played last year, and then he got in the World Series. I think he had a hit, too.
1: Yeah, me and Hens got drafted together. Me and Payne got drafted together. Um, who else? Payne Brownie. is a stud. Um, Who's that, Payne? Yeah, he's good. Payne is I, a I, I stud, knew, yeah. I told when he when he broke with the uh, with the team at the beginning of training last year, I told people I was like, if he stays healthy, I said he's gonna have a healthy year. He's a good he's, he can play, and he uh, did. I'm trying <laughs> to think, who else? Um,
0: oh, Hunter Brown, man,
1: yeah, Brownie, um, man, who else? Belak, me and Belak chatted a little bit. Um, yeah, so just a, a, a couple – Pete Solomon, um, who's not with us anymore. I think he's with the Pirates now, I think. Um, yeah, a good bit of pitchers. More more pitchers <laughs> and position players, obviously, because pitchers stay with pitchers. So,
0: If you do land on the big league roster outside, like right at the start of the season – Uh, I do believe you're going to get up next year. Maybe it's not right away, but I do think we'll see you at the major league level next year, Lord willing. But I'm curious, is there anyone that you're really looking forward to potentially getting to know better or meet for the first time that you haven't met that's on this team?
1: Dude, I've kind of met everyone. And if I haven't met them, I've played with him, so like L- Luis Garcia, me and him played together in Fayetteville in 2019. Um, I've met your kitty playing when he was on rehab assignment. He was a great dude. Um, I'm trying to think of anybody.
0: You know, you've um, you know, have you gotten to know Dusty pretty well?
1: I've talked to him a little bit in spring training. Um, not a whole lot. I mean, that's and that's kind of the weird part of being like the the new guy at at big leagues training or on the team is that you kind of need to know slash don't know where your boundaries are, so you try to right. you just kind of keep to yourself. Um, because I remember Blake Taylor at the end of the season last year when he was in a, Um. He said, dude, you were like the quietest guy in the locker room. He goes, because I, I I don't stop talking. If I'm comfortable, <laughs> I'll talk. But he goes, dude, you were so quiet. Why are you like the quietest guy in the locker room? I was like, I'm not going to be that guy that oversteps his boundaries and talks too much to the older guys that vets, if you want to put that word on put the talk to the vets. I said, I just was just. Just kept my mouth shut. Taylor's got a couple of years of big league time. And he goes, that's smart. <laughs> <laughs> um, he said, yeah, he's, he's like, you just got to – because the, the one guy that kind of – I didn't know how to approach because I wasn't sure how he would take it was Verlander. I, I, I didn't know how to approach him. So I kind of just – stayed away never really said anything to him um, but yeah I was really the only guy but like like me dubin and then bermuda as we were all the same draft class um first time big league camp but yeah, we kind of stayed in our little group and didn't bother but because like if you were if you were waiting say you were waiting in the, the to get some treatment done after a spring training day And you've been waiting there for 20 minutes, waiting for somebody to get their work done. And you're next up. And then a vet walks in. (laughs) You're in the back of the line. (laughs) So you just, you kind of got to feel that out um, and just know where your place is.
0: Yeah, you don't want to like overstay your welcome and be like, hey, I'm showing up. I'm moving in. Like, oh no, I I it was like, no, no, no. Like I invited you to stay over here for one night. Like, why'd you bring a whole suitcase? Like
1: that kind of thing. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. You just yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. Just trying to kind of know your place and yeah, not overstep. So well, what are you working on Harris right Huffer? now? Like sorry, go ahead.
1: Oh, I was just gonna say I've I've heard of people like walking up to some guys and, and organizations and them being a big name and them kind of almost almost like who the who the hell think I, who the hell do you think you are talking to me right. and stuff like that. So, but then there's other guys where twenty plus years in the show, you, new guys go up to talk to them and they're like, "Oh, hey, what's going on, man?" Um, so you just don't know what you're. I don't know. I you don't know what you're gonna get, so I, I just keep them shut
0: you let them approach you. Right. Right. Yeah. So, okay. Well, uh, we're going to wrap things up here in a short bit, but I am curious. We're about a month out from pitchers and catchers reporting for spring training. What are you up to in this next month? I mean, you're about to become a father. Are you like getting some work in, in the off season? Like what's an off season? Like, how are you, how do you get ready? How do you get like, how you prepare yourself for spring training
1: so a typical week for me right now is tuesday thursday friday i wake up at six thirty, go workout from seven thirty to 8 8 10 ish um come home i really got 15 20 minutes to to get home shower change um cook breakfast eat breakfast then get on the road 45-minute for drive to go work at the bow shop, work at the bow shop until 3, drive 40 minutes, back, go throw at the high school I'm working at right now, and then I'll throw – I'm starting to ramp up a little bit. So this week I'll have one bullpen, maybe two bullpens this week. Um, but, no, I don't stop. So the typical day for me, I'm up at 6 and going to bed at uh, 9, 10 o'clock. I'm not, I don't get home until 6.
0: It's a grind, so not really an off season. Yep.
1: (laughs) (laughs) No, yeah, it's 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 definitely the grind's back the grind is back in. Yeah, so for those who are listening,
0: JP works another job because he's a minor leaguer, and the minor league paychecks are not quite what the major leaguers make.
1: Nah, he's working another job. Yeah. We make um. We don't even make a month. Mu- a month payment for us isn't uh, one game in the bigs.
0: <laughs> wow. Wow. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So that's yeah. This is just a. I, wa- I thought that's, that was interesting. That's a non forty man. I was gonna say that's a non forty man paycheck. Is I want to say it was two four, four, five grand-ish a month something like
0: that. Wow. Okay.
1: So, I didn't
0: and by the way, the reason I said that was because I want people I want people to le- get a kind of a feel for this is the grind of a minor leaguer. This is what goes into this thing. Like it's not as glamorous as it may appear. Obviously, you do get to play baseball as part of your living, which is a nice thing. Like a lot of people would enjoy that. Um, including myself, and so it's not like JP is complaining about this stuff, but it's a grind and he's he's doing the best he can to get up to the show, so like, that's his off season. Not really much of a break.
1: No, no, there's no break at all, especially with a little one being on the way. That's just... <laughs> <laughs> now we got even less than what we had. <laughs> so...
0: Ah, uh, JP is going to become a father very soon. Uh, we touched on that. Yeah, I think we 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 did it all today. JP, is there anything you wanted to discuss that we didn't we didn't get a chance to talk about?
1: No, I think we covered everything. From we did dead to hunting to Mean Jesus, Girls to minor leagues <laughs> to Mean Girls to. <laughs>
0: <laughs> to your wife on reality yeah, tv.
1: Yeah. yeah. Yeah, dealing with <laughs> drama. <laughs> All
0: right, well, yeah, JP, we thank you home. so much. Thank you so much for your time. Uh is there anything that you would like to plug or promote? Do you want to toss out your social media handles or anything like that?
1: I mean, yeah, uh the only thing I really use is Instagram and that's the front 28. So if y'all want to go check that out, I mean, everything that's on there is it's either, it's either the wife, baseball or hunting. So basically everything we just talked about. <laughs> Perfect.
0: All right. So you can follow him once, one more time. What is your Instagram handle?
1: The Frenchman 28.
0: The Frenchman 28. So you guys can go follow him. I'll tag him in this episode. JP, best of luck to you this season. Thank you so much for your time today.
1: Appreciate it, Jack.
0: All right, y'all. That concludes today's episode of the Jack Vita show with JP France. He pitched, he spent now, I mean, he was drafted in 2018. He spent five years in the minor leagues, and he had a pretty good year last year with the Sugarland Space Cowboys, the Astros AAA affiliate. So he should be making his big league debut this year in 2023 was fun to talk some pitching with him, a little bit of life stuff, hunting, uh, baseball, of course, what life is like in the minor leagues and his Christian faith. So thank you all for tuning in to today's episode. We're gonna have more content coming soon depending on how things play out in the national championship game, maybe we'll have a maybe we'll talk some college football. hopefully TCU can pull this thing out, win a national championship. Uh, against the Georgia Bulldogs. Nonetheless, we will have an episode later this week with baseball wife and reality TV star Stephanie Lagrosa Kendrick, 3-time Survivor contestant, now competing on a new show called Traders, and we're going to have Stephanie with Big Brother star and legend Rachel Riley Viegas. So, We're going to have Rachel and Stephanie together. We haven't had them. We've had them both on this show before. So if you guys are interested, while you wait for that episode to come out, you can listen to the previous episodes that I've done with them. I've had Stephanie on five times. Rachel has been on once. But we'll have them together. We're going to talk probably some life stuff. We're going to talk about Survivor, Big Brother, the shows they've been on. Probably just talk about whatever. you know. Talk about what's going on in life we'll give a little bit of a preview for what you can expect on this new show called Trader. We'll tell you more about it later in the week. Make sure you guys are all subscribed to Jack Vita Show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, wherever it is that you get your podcasts. And log on to my website, jackvita.com. And then go also go over to Fastball on SI slash Fan So si.com slash fan nation, slash MLB, slash fastball. Go to jackvita.com for more content. And until our conversation with Stephanie and Rachel, I'm Jack Vita, bringing the dancing lobsters.